Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant Insuli and you join me today for episode number four of my new series. So thank you all for tuning in today. Um, it's good to be back. Um, I hope you are all managing to say to stay sane in this ever um, increasing mad world that we seem to be inhabiting at that at this time. More about that in a moment. Anyway, as you can probably hear um, with this particular episode, I'm back in my office for today. Um, unfortunately, the weather here on the south coast of the UK um, has turned kind of wet, windy and wild, so to speak, uh, which doesn't make it conducive to doing um, recordings on location, so to speak. So hopefully for next week's uh, episode, I will be back out in the forest, uh, the new forest near my home here on the south coast of the UK, fingers crossed. Anyway, I wanted um, to begin today's particular show. Um, just want to pick up on some current really interesting news stories that have um, kind of just broken this week. One is specific to the UK and there's two that are more kind of internationally based, but they all they all really come under the same theme and that's this idea I was speaking about last time and the way in which the system is um, is imploding um, mainly due to uh, hubris, arrogance and um, self-interest. So although these um, three stories which I'm just going to go into, they don't seem linked. I think um, you probably agree with me that there is um, a theme running through them. Anyway, so... Um, in the last week or so here in the UK, the big news story has been with regards to um, these allegations made against um, made against an employee, a high profile employee of the BBC. And it was claimed that this employee had paid upwards of £35,000 for um, certain type of, how should we say, mucky images, um, sexual images of, um, of a, of a 17-year-old male. Um, for the first few days after the allegation, which was made in the Sun newspaper, not, uh, known to be a particularly reliable source of news, as we know all, all news, uh, within the mainstream media. Anyway, after a, a few days, um, since, since it was first released, um, it came out that the, the, the story or the allegations uh, related to a newsreader called Hugh Edwards. Now, this is obviously within a news, uh, sorry, within the context of the UK, this is, um, this is a really, really big story because um, he's been the chief anchor man, if you like, if you think of it in kind of a US context. Um, at the BBC for around about the last 20 years. So, um, a generation um, to be honest so a long a long period of time and here in the UK I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world but um, the general public really do have a, a very strong affinity for newsreaders of course because they're the ones that um, broadcast or um, transmit um, what constitutes uh, as we saw during the last three years um, during Covid what constitutes um, their reality or for millions of people the general public their, their truth and they are held in very high regard um, especially BBC news readers so for this story to come out and it was actually um, 
Hugh Edwards' wife, apparently, who came out and admitted that, that yes, to end the speculation, that it, and it is him who's been involved, it's just, as I just said at the start, apparently a 17-year-old male, he was um, paying um, £35,000 for images of a sexual nature. Now, during um, this particular era of the internet, that seems um, kind of like a bit strange when there's so much pornography available for free so um, I don't know I mean I have my doubts or suspicions uh, as to the veracity of these allegations yes Hugh Edwards may be just a little bit of a pervert but certainly I don't believe uh, it doesn't seem as if you know he's like a, a sexual monster like Jimmy Savile was uh, which the BBC obviously also tried to hush up for years I mean, could it be that he um, he became privy to something that he shouldn't have done, um, to information that he shouldn't have been been privy to, like the late Jill Dando? And if you don't know, she was um, also another high-level BBC News reader, and she was um, murdered. This was back in 1999, and at the time it was alleged that she was shot outside her front door, actually that she was actually um, shot by uh, a Serbian uh, assassin uh, as revenge for the fact that NATO, earlier in that year, because um, this was when, not long after NATO was bombing um, the former Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia and Serbia, and at one point they bombed a, a new studio um, in the capital, Belgrade, and they, and they killed some journalists. So it was said that this was revenge for that act on the part of Western powers through NATO. Uh, but obviously the conspiracy theory, <laughs> I put that in advert commas, um, is that she was actually killed by British spooks or British government um, intelligence agencies because she was about to apparently spill the beans about uh, particular, perhaps paedophile networks within the BBC. We don't know. Uh, as, I, as I say, we can't verify that for sure. But the interesting thing uh, in terms of an analysing the impact of this uh, particular news story that I'm, I'm sharing today is it's yet more evidence of something that's going to really test people's faith um, in the system. I mean, a lot of people, their faith in the system will, will really be um, shaken. And, and as always with these types of stories, when they break, as I've said before on my sister show on Discerning Consciousness podcast, I like to look at the new the comments online on newspapers like, you know, the Daily Mail, or perhaps the Daily Express, just to get a feel for how the public, you know, uh, um, their response. And a lot of people are saying, well, I wouldn't have expected it to be Hugh Edwards because for a few days there was all this speculation about who these allegations might relate to. And a lot of people say, oh, I'm really shocked about this. You know, I wouldn't have expected it to be him. And no matter what the whys and wherefores are around the sexual scandal element and the truth of what's, what's actually gone on, we'll never know. It is a, another example of the way in which things, um, more and more truths, well, we don't know the actual truth veracity of this story, but let's just say more truths are coming forward that are going to continually now test people's faith in, in the system. More and more is coming to the surface now. 
whether planned or not, we don't know. And of course, you know, I always advise don't obsess about things like that, only because I used to. <laughs> and I used to get myself, um, you know, emotionally attached to a lot of these um, news stories. I mean, I also think um, it is. So the phrase has gone out of fashion in recent times, actually, but I've spoken about before uh, on my sister's show. And this idea, of, we really are, I think, deeply immersed now in this idea of a great awakening. And this is all part of it, where everything uh, around the corruption, the sleaze, the scandal. I mean, we've also got the trial of Kevin Spacey going on in London at the moment, Um so there are numerous other things, and I'm going to um, go into a couple more in a minute. Uh, so, you know, only the most naive of, of individuals can would, would be able to now, you know, defend the system or, or, or want to, or want to um, you know, see that it continues. I mean, it really is. We are really now um, really fascinating situation because so many things within society now are just completely um, un unsustainable. And the second, moving on now, second new story I want to wanna um, talk about is, you may well have seen it, is this um, uh, strike in, in Hollywood. Um, I believe it's, um, you know, it's affecting quite a lot of um, actors who've decided to go on strike. It's not just, um, you know, lower level actors or um, elite actors who get paid millions of pounds. I believe it is it is right uh, across the board and there are films that are currently um, in production that are, ha are having to be paused for, for a while whilst the strike um, continues. Now, we're told that it's um, predominantly around um, the issue of streaming rights and, uh, um, you know, how they divide up proceeds um from you know companies like amazon prime or um netflix uh, and companies like that but also um i believe it relates to uh, artificial intelligence and there are concerns that in future well i mean if you think about it, the way artificial intelligence is being developed at the moment which will ultimately be for the manipulation of mankind for human beings doesn't have to be the case as we know artificial intelligence really is quite neutral it could be used to uh, to free humanity in that um, it could be facilitated to um, make sure that a lot of the onerous tasks that human beings don't really want to do um, you know they could be that AI does those anyway back to this news story so actors are you know actors uh, are rightly concerned i believe that they will be surplus to requirements in in future um i mean it seems like a logical development after cgi um why not make the actors cgi i mean certainly you know you're not gonna you won't have to pay um tom cruise however probably tens of millions of dollars for his for the latest uh, for his latest blockbuster and his fellow actors and actresses when you can just use a an AI bot and and the technology now is um, is developing at, at such a rapid pace um, that it won't be too many years before actors and dare I say newsreaders will, will be surplus to requirements so I feel that um, to be honest these actors they do have a 
they do have um, a right to strike and I do feel they have a right to be concerned. I know from a kind of, we look at it through a woke lens, if you will, we, we could laugh and we could say, well, you know, um, it is kind of like a bit of divine justice, if you like, because a lot of these um, movie franchises uh, and a lot of these actors, they play along with the whole woke thing. They're happy to go along with it. Um, but now uh, a lot of that is kind of imploding because of um, films that are fully woke are really, um, they are bombing at the box office. But anyway, is this is I think this is a really really fascinating story, because it it's it's pointing towards a trend again, where self interest is it's just causing the system to unravel. So, in one way we can see yes these actors and actresses and screenwriters and the rest of it they are rightly acting in self interest because they're worried about their careers their future, but by the same token the system as a whole is acting in, in its own self-interest by trying to uh, implement a AI ultimately in order to increase corporate profit uh, because they won't have to pay millions uh, to actors. And I think we, we've heard a lot obviously about um, AI um, in recent weeks and as I think I mentioned last time about some of the inventors or the originators of AI being concerned about uh, you know, how it could be developed without uh, proper government uh, regulation and scru scrutiny. I think in relationship to AI, um, following the COVID debacle and the fact that the powers that be through the globalist political infrastructure and the hidden uh, dark forces, uh, hidden unknowns uh, above them who control and manipulate the, the political class, if you will, I think there is a real panic and evidence of this panic is that they're trying to institute or institute within society, society I should say, artificial intel intelligence before people are ready, before they've become accustomed to towards it, before they've sort of thought, well, it's inevitability, there's nothing that we can do to stop it. Hence the current, you know, ruckus uh, in Hollywood with regards to screenwriters and actors and I think the the interesting thing is um, perhaps it's because the controllers and the manipulators uh, have this awareness that within a matter of years the system is simply going to implode and I think it's what they're trying to do is if they can implement AI and make it irreversible within society then I think they're hoping that they can, how should we put this, that they can maintain their control and influence after we've gone through some sort of financial or economic collapse. Now, I don't think for one moment that is going to happen. I think, you know, um, this this strike in Hollywood really, really is fascinating. And yeah, watch this space. Um, it is it is just more than, um, you know, wokey actors getting their canuppance, because I think um, we should all be concerned. Uh, we should all be concerned with the way in which um, AI is being developed. But yeah, yet again, it's um, a kind of another example of a disturbing trend in which um, society is moving. And the last sort of more international based story that I want to pick up in today, pick up on, sorry, in today's particular episode, you may well have heard it. So a couple of days ago, um, the World Health Organization, I say that advisedly because that really is um, 
Orwellian double speak because it certainly does not promote health. Anyway, that's a discussion for another day. But the World Health Organization has uh, officially admitted now that there is a link between aspartame and cancer. Although they did kind of couch it, they did try and downplay it by saying, well, you'd need to drink about 30 cans of Coke uh in one day or whatever your favorite uh soda drink is to put it like that uh in order for the risk to be elevated but i think you'll agree with me isn't it fascinating that an organization like the world health organization is actually now is joining us conspiracy theorists because we've known about this link through our own research and the fact that it's said to um have an impact on the pituitary gland and it's said to, you know, block the, our capacity for spiritual evolution. Hard to know if there's any truth in that, but it certainly uh, makes sense to me anyway, having quite a cynical nature. But again, it's another example of how conspiracy theory becomes fact. I mean, I think it's interesting. Perhaps we should consider why would the World Health Organization at this point come out and publicly admit I mean, what we've all known in the alternative sphere for, for many years, I think, again, so, sorry, sorry to, um, you know, bang home the point, but I think that the system now is sinking under all of its lies and arrogance and corruption and, and hubris. And, and, and it's almost as if, you know, think of all of that as like a sinking swamp. Uh, or, or like a, a huge sort of like balloon that is frobbing and it's just about to burst and it's going to send all the muck and crud everywhere and sling it into the public's faces so, you know, they can see truth perhaps for the first time. So I think what's happening is the system is literally like letting air out of a balloon. I think we're going to see more of this where there are certain little truths are going to be revealed to the public, albeit you know, downplayed, as I said, like the World Health Organization is saying, well, you'd have to be like addicted to, to, to cans or, or soda drinks to actually really increase your risk of cancer. But anyway, I mean, it's an interesting news story. I think you guys will agree. And it one wonders, um, one wonders what is, um, what is the, what is the, uh, next conspiracy theory, which, which will, um, which will be proven, um, which will be proven um, to be true. I mean, I, I really, beyond the explanation that I've just, I've just given, it, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? It does make you wonder why have they, why have they chosen to, um, why have they chosen to release this information right now? I guess maybe we will, we will find out. Anyway, those were just some news stories that I wanted to um, wanted to touch upon um, briefly in today's episode. So um, next up, I just want to um, pick up um, an aspect of uh, one of the features that I'm going to re regularly return to in my new series, Into the Void. Uh, and that's the, the idea of the truth for trap or truth for delusions. And that's the way in which we can kind of um, stitch ourselves up on the path of awakening or sort of, um, what's the word, um, drop the ball, so to speak, very English expression, but to really to um, just find ourselves um, going down 
unnecessary blind alleys and then we just land up really diminishing our psychic strength and our sort of um, our coherence as a hu human being. So really this is, um, the reason why I'm picking up on this particular one is because it's linked to the Great Awakening and it's linked to the Great Unraveling, if you could call it that, because I think more and more as more harsh truths are revealed, um, it's going to be easy. I mean, when I had my breakdown, uh, when I lost myself in many, many, down many conspiracy rabbit holes between around about 05 and 2010, um, I did fall into this particular trap. And this is the uh, notion of how easy it is to, to lose our humanity under the uh, under all the avalanche of lies and corruption and as an extension it's really easy to i use this phrase it's easy to make a stone of our heart um also linked obviously to stone is that's why we shouldn't stare think of the kind of mythology of stare of medusa if you stare into the face of medusa then you become stone and then also what we can find like with me I became very cynical, very nihilistic, very despairing, very depressed as well on a kind of day-to-day -day level. Uh, also because my uh, immune system was overactivated uh, whilst kind of um, analysing all this dark information. And at the same time, I was um, really chronic, chronically obsessed with looking for someone to blame and this is real this is the real essence or core of this particular teaching i want to share under the uh, remit of the truth trap when you become overwhelmed it's like um within society when there's a merger or something and the newspapers it's the who done it who done it who within the local community was responsible for this murder but obviously when we get into conspiracy theories and truth for type narratives, it's much bigger than that because we're talking, we're not just talking about a murder. We're talking about the manipulation of, you know, billions and billions of people. So we can become like I did during those years, as I just said, become absolutely overwhelmed by this concept of who's to blame. And I know for myself, there was this obsessive quest to find the guilty party who's responsible for literally manipulating millions of people you know was it a, an individual was it a group of um, individuals or a particular um, organization now as I said to you uh, yeah I think it was in episode three last week I said about how I obsessed I got in during the banking crisis I got into the whole thing around about the financial system what is money how is money created what is debt why do we have debt why do we have interest this led me to the uh, looking into the foundation of the federal reserve and the fact that a lot of the founding uh, families uh, were of jewish uh, heritage then i got into the whole kind of jewish cons uh, sort of jewish conspiracy global control etc etc and that led me down many, many, many kind of rabbit holes. And I think um, it really is something to watch for. But it is, um, I think it's a perfectly human trait to want to point the finger 
and I know for me at the time it was a lot of like kind of emotional psychological trauma and pain that I was was going through and I wanted to I wanted to um, point the finger at, at someone external it's only latterly really through a lot of study and a lot of really really hard gritty at times often quite traumatic self-inquiry that I've come to the conclusion that in some ways we're all kind of responsible I feel for the way in which society has developed and as uh, is developing I know on the political level we're certainly right to look towards kind of globalist organizations and structures like the World Economic Forum and other kind of shadowy groups of course because they implement the uh, political infrastructure that we all live under but on our but on a day-to-day -day basis I think we're all kind of responsible because we all unwittingly feed the system and I think you know as we saw during Covid and I hold my hand out as being just as guilty as anyone else I feel the key to this is our sort of our love really and we've been propagandized into this I know but our love of convenience and how we really we re we really kind of um, we crave convenience over hardship and it's because of the internet and in one way it's great that we can just go on Amazon and order what we want you know half the price from our local um, our local shop or retailer but that really is fueling the system as we know because it's making Amazon and even bigger mon mon monolithic sort of corporation which really now is sort of it equals um, you know its power and reach is bigger than certain countries or small states in the world I mean that's where it's um, very very sinister so I think we have to be aware that um, a way to temper our desire or a way to temper our need to look uh, to point the finger at someone to blame and to constantly research I know some people they'll say well it's the royal uh, bloodlines and then you go back to the house of orange in Holland or there's millions of different things that we can look at secret societies secret clubs it's the it's the club of uh, it's the club of Malta it's the club of Rome or all these different secret groups and secret societies etc etc because we really we're feeling a lot of pain and anxiety we want uh, we want that explanation as to who is ultimately responsible but like I'm just saying I think ultimately you know we are all we all are we are all sorry uh, partly responsible for this mess that we're in and the system that we're in and I know that's um that's hard to take but on an archetypal level there's this a theme that's been explored over and over again within the remit of within the understanding of the heroes the hero's journey in the 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 evil and the, and the darkness that we seek to understand outside um exists uh as much within ourselves and we saw it in i can't remember which of the uh initial uh star wars trilogy i think it was the last one return of the jedi where uh luke skywalker ricks rips off uh darth vader's mask and you see like a holographic image of of himself and of course that's a the uh that's a clear representation of um you know of what i'm talking about and we've seen it in um 
numerous films and shows and uh, West End theatre productions. This 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 kind of theme is repeated uh, archetypally archetypally over and over and over again. But it is something to watch out for. Uh, again, when I occasionally go on my social media, I do see people people falling into this trap of wanting to point the finger at one particular uh, group or one particular um, uh, individual. So yeah, it's something to uh, something to watch out for because I think um, even kind of like normal mainstream people, as their lives unravel and as we see. Um, Things being revealed that we thought would never be revealed, more and more shocking truths, which I was speaking about um, <clears throat> at the beginning of this particular episode. I think, you know, the um, a lot of um, normies or the general public, to put it in another way, are going to be shocked into action. They're going to be shocked into looking at themselves well what's going on who's responsible for this it's not us just us so-called conspiracy theories and truthers who can become obsessed by this uh kind of quest i believe that as we go forward uh, as life changes more and more and then there's this, this real shake-up through this period of the great awakening i believe that yeah even people who we who we might consider as being kind of closed-minded and deluded, they are going to they're going to want answers as to why this is happening and who's responsible. So that's definitely um, something to look out for as we move forward. Anyway, I next want to just pick up on something that's been um, on my mind um, during the last week or so, and this is this um, kind of idea of. Um, I think this relates to, again, all of the changes within society. And we are now at the dawning of a new age or we're living through a new age. And that can be really, really disconcerting for all of us, whatever our level of awareness, because I really don't like this sort of dichotomy between the awakened and the unawakened or the or, you know, the, the sleepwalkers and those who who've, who who are awake. I think they're kind of arbitrary arbitrary polarities as i talking about as i've spoken about before on my sister show on discerning consciousness podcast but anyway leaving that to one side during periods of great change within society i think there i think for many of us we think about well what what's going to be my legacy uh because all the constant change in the world and we, in we've within society i mean i've been thinking this week I mean, is humanity uh, even going to survive in its current form for much longer? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't mean in terms of a nuclear apocalypse or a nuclear um, annihilation, but I just think in terms of the the as we saw during COVID, there's such a distinction or such a, a separation between mainstream reality and what we might regard as you know a slightly. Uh, a reality that has slightly more deeper awareness to it. It is there's so so much. Excuse me, so much poles apart now. It's hard to know how two realities like that can can exist within society before there's like a, a falling away and a returning back to to some sort of uh, equilibrium, as as many people are talking about. Um, what we're probably going through is a, a return. 
to the principles of nature and natural law and why these coming times are going to be so traumatic for so many on the planet is that we've been living through uh, an extended period of time whereby humanity is has um, living completely out of alignment um, with uh, natural law and and with uh, with nature, if you like, and I and I think in many ways the controllers, the dark controllers, we can call them that. I think they are aware of this process, and uh, as I was speaking to slightly early in the news section of this episode, I think the fact that they're aware of that is why they're pushing the implementation of artificial intelligence because I think they perhaps realise that's the only way in which they can. Um, they can maintain their control, if you like. I know that's a, a kind of a little bit of a <laughs> a, a far out uh, understanding, if you like. So yeah, just back to this idea of leaving uh, a, a legacy. I, I know I've been feeling a real sense of uh, urgency in that regard. I mean, is it something that concerns you? I mean, should it be something that we worry about? Um, what legacy we leave? What what people think about us? uh one, once we're gone i know for me is i want to get out um at least one book because i believe believe that i've been through many many traumatic experiences um that i think could help people and obviously i try and share my understanding through an audio format <clears throat> but it's not like it's not quite the same as having um a book which should uh, hopefully you know test uh last through time uh hopefully <laughs> So yeah, I mean, just to repeat my point, is it, is it, is it, is it, e- is it egotistical to worry about? Oh, um, have I, uh, uh, have I left a legacy? Will I be remembered um, once I've passed on to higher realms, so to speak? I mean, we know this is something um, that obsesses the rich, uh, the the rich and the powerful. But I think that's because a lot of them are atheists, the ungodly men and the ungodly women. And that's why they uh, fly uh, rockets up into space or they try and create huge monolithic structures or they name buildings after themselves so that once they're gone, you know, they'll be remembered in the form of concrete, steel and glass. Um, also, another aspect of leaving a legacy, of course, you can leave your legacy in terms of DNA in children. And I think this is this sort of real unsavoury thing that you see back to Hollywood, how quite a lot, it's not uncommon for actors to marry, you know, more than two or three times. And of course, have um, lots of children and the the male actors, you know, may father children right up into their 70s or 80s, I believe. The, um, I, I think it might be, I uh, can't think now, I think it might be Mick Jagger has quite young children. Of course, he's a musician. But I think maybe Robert De Niro has quite young children. So there is this idea of, you know, you can leave your, you can leave a DNA legacy in the form of children. Uh, I think that ship has uh, sailed for me personally. Or we could just leave um, a legacy of great works, um, like I just said, uh, potentially uh, through um, writing books or music or great works um, in terms of um, any creative venture, really. But perhaps the most organic and might, one might say spiritual approach to this idea of leaving a legacy is 
something that's slightly less tangible, if you like, but that's our legacy in terms of what we were like as a human being, our beingness, our attentiveness. Did we really tune into people? Did we share our energy? Did we just listen? Did we put aside our own concerns uh, during interactions uh, with people? Perhaps that's the most honest and enduring legacy um, that we can lead. I don't know that we can leave, sorry. I don't know why that uh, this idea of leaving a legacy came to me this week. I think it was because uh, my concerns around AI and just the speed uh, or the, rap the rapidity of change right now is just mind-blowing. Like I say, I was just thinking how much longer we can survive in our current form with the way our brains operate and how we're going to be able to kind of process reality, which takes me back to my conversation, sharing my um, thoughts on on the uh, interpretation of the Mayan calendar by the late Ian Zell Lungold. And he was talking about during this period, as others, as others have spoken about, how humanity will collectively lose its mind and we all perhaps that's why you know we're seeing so much anger more about that in a minute so much anger and volatility within society and and the world at large because we're struggling to just process reality it's speeding up at such a quick rate now and of course the technology should be there to uh, assist us but in in many ways it isn't it's just um causing a more and more problems and making it harder for us to process reality. So that might be something uh, worthwhile giving some thought to what what you think your uh, legacy may be when you leave this mortal coil. Anyway, I'm just going to finish um, this particular episode by um, returning again to one of my uh, main uh, regular features on Into the Void and this is uh, my latest energy update. So my latest energy update this week relates to um, when I've been out and about and it's like scanning or sensing the public mood, their sentiment and their attitudes if you like and how they are processing life and reality in inverted commas. Um, I feel it's for me at the moment, I think the general public are feeling like a, a boxer on the ropes, just waiting for the next right hook. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anxiety going around. Uh, and as I was talking about before, there's a lot of anger and uh, volatility as well. And I think there's sort of this uh, in, increasing sense that nothing makes any sense anymore and i think this is inevitable when society begins to when norms collapse and everything within society unravels and at the same time kind of like in, in a kind of perverse way what's happening is there's this sort of sense of clinging to existing norms and ways of living but the more and more in which people do that they kind of like it, it, it's it's reinforcing this sense of collapse and dissolution uh, because um, really, in a sense, the general public have little choice but to, to cling on to the norms and defend the system that has been enslaving them for, for literally eons because 
they can only follow the program. They can only the, follow the instructions given by the mainstream media, of course. But that means um, the ground on which they're standing, as I was speaking about last time, actually, is becoming more and more and more unstable. So they're really in a... Those with limited awareness, perhaps I should put it, I don't mean to be snobby, I really are in a really, really difficult position because... The mainstream, the mainstream media is that they're not going to really, they're not going to give them the kind of insights that the public need to manage and cope and to navigate these extraordinary transformative times. So it is everything that they're, they're instructed to do is only going to make things worse in a way. So that's why you're seeing. Uh, I believe you're also what you're seeing. You're seeing now is a lot of um, a lot of increase in popularity. Popularity, sorry, around nostalgia, so old ways of doing things. I think you're going to see that uh, on the rise a lot, and you'll see that in terms of TV programming and scheduling, because the mainstream is is offering no solutions, no way in which we can embrace change. So it's just going to be further ways in which we should look to the past for continuity look to the past in terms of well you know things used to make sense so if we go back to doing the ways in which if we go back to doing things like we did in the past before things got all weird then 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 we'll be okay which of course which is the complete opposite of what we need to be doing um right now so perhaps this is something that you guys have um picked up whilst going uh going about your your daily um your daily uh routines in in your uh, normal life um so to speak it's something that i've been that i've been picking up um kind of like psychically as well during during the past week so yeah that was just a very round the houses um energy update for you guys so i think i'll round things up now for this episode four of into the void uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, my weekly roundup of some main news stories and um, what's uh, what's been on my mind. And um, yeah, thank you again uh, for all your support. And um, as always, I'll be um, I'll be sharing my musings and streams of consciousness um, next weekend. So make sure you um, tune in then. Thanks all. Thanks. Thanks again. And yeah, I'll speak to you next week. Bye for now.